0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we continue our series titled The Journey as we today review the five key points in understanding divine connections in Divine Connections Part 3. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Amen, praise the Lord. I want you to open your Bibles. Praise the Lord. I want you to open your Bibles to... Where do we want to start, Holy Spirit? I know where I want to start, but where do you want to start? Go over to Proverbs 27, 17. We went there last week, let's start there. So, real quickly, what we've been covering in our series, titled The Journey, we've been in this area of this this, um, message series, the area that we've been in has been called Divine Connections. Amen. Divine connections are what God uses to bring things into our lives. In other words, God always brings things into other people's lives through the medium of other people. Okay? So when God created Adam, he formed him from the dust of the ground, set Adam in place. And when he set Adam in place, he observed him for a little while and said, I have a design adjustment I'm going to make. Because it's not good that Adam should be alone. It's not good that Adam should be by himself. I'm going to make him a helper comparable to him. Amen? I'm going to make him a helper comparable to him. I'm not going to help make him a helper the same as him. I'm going to make somebody comparable to him. Because if you make two people who are exactly the same, you don't get added benefit. (coughs) Amen? I heard heard a um, management teacher say that when two people are the same, one person is not needed. Okay? You think of this purely, purely from a business sense. Two people are totally equipped to do the exact same thing. They both do the same thing, but we only got work for one person. Somebody's not needed. But if you got two people, one does one thing, another does another thing, now we have partnership and we can set 10,000 a flight rather than 1,000. Amen. Why? So we need complimentary people in our lives in order for us to be able to accomplish more things. Amen? you got to have somebody in your life who complements you. That's why when husbands and wives get together, they start talking and they find all the similarities and they fall in love. You like that? Yeah, I like that. You like that? Yeah, I like that. We find all these things we like together, and we've been bonded together. Now we in love, and now we so love, we walk down the aisle, and we, we happy, we smiling, they throwing rice or throwing whatever they threw at you. And you get in the limousine, and you have your honeymoon, and you come home, and everything's cool, and then you find out you got stuff you don't like. Amen. You found out stuff you ain't the same about. Amen. Wait a minute. This ain't the same. I don't like that. Why? I don't like it because it's not like me. But God didn't, God used your likes to bring you together. And then he uses your differences to make you productive. (laughs) Amen. Brothers in the house, say amen. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> don't worry I'm going to get to the sisters in a minute <laughs> I'm going to get to the sisters in a minute but I want, the, I want the sisters to know the brothers got some feelings about this <laughs> amen all the sisters in the house say amen <laughs> Woo, hallelujah Mm-mm-mm. we can start a riot in here today <laughs> hallelujah Glory to God. But in order for God to equip us for a journey in life, he determined that he would put two together that are different in order to make them productive. Because when I can see to the left and you can see to the right, we got it covered. Amen. When I can see a big picture and you can see details, we got it covered. Amen. Amen. When I can see enemies over here and you see enemies right here, we got it covered. Amen. Amen. Come on. When we see different things, we can protect each other and bless each other. Because when I'm busy building a wall, you can be busy with your sword and we can switch places. Amen. Amen. And when you get tired of this, I can pick it up. When you get, I get tired of this, you can pick it up. We can bless each other when we understand partnership. And divine connections that God uses in our lives to create prosperity for us is there because if we can work together, we can do anything. Amen. In the book of Genesis chapter 11 we find that God has ushered humanity through the fall of sin and human beings that began spreading across the world and God gave direction for them to go all out. But one guy has a great idea. And he says, you know what? We're spreading around. We're spreading so thin. We need to stay in one place and we need to build ourselves a tower up to God lest we scatter and everybody forget we even were here. Unfortunately, we remember they were there, but not for the reason they wanted to be remembered for. Because God looks down and sees what they're doing, and God says, look, the people are of one mind and one language, and behold what they're able to do. In other words, their building of a tower up to heaven got God's attention, and God said, they're doing a good thing. You know what? They're pretty good at it. And he said, from this point on, whatever they imagine in their hearts, I'm not going to stop them from doing it. But I am going to do this. I'm going to confuse their language because I need them to move around the world. And he confused their language that day and that place was called Babel. Babylon. Amen. The place where languages were confused. Amen. So we live in many ways in a Babylonian system that has interests of many different things that doesn't consider what God says. If you want to understand what a Babylonian system is? That's what it is. It's human interest without God at the center. Amen. And so he confused their language that day and they began to scatter across the earth. But the lesson that he gave in that moment is the one for us to pick up. And that is when people are of one mouth, one language, one heart, there's nothing that we can be stopped from doing, good or evil. Amen. If a group of people make up their mind, they want to do something evil, guess what? There's nothing on the planet that can stop them. If a group of people decide they want to do something for God, there's nothing that can stop us. Amen. Amen. Now, what do you have to do in order for that to work? Proverbs 27 Proverbs 27 says, verse 17, or did I do that backwards? Yeah, Proverbs 27, 17. When we get there, say amen. Pastor Stalin, so here I come. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of God his friend iron sharpens iron in other words when two things are of the same substance and they come together they sharpen each other but we know that we have differences and so those differences and our similarities need to come together in order for us to be productive in other words iron has to sharpen iron a strong person must be sharpened by another strong person and sometimes strong people don't want to run together because strong people start brushing up against each other and we start seeing sparks fly and we get agitated and we're mad and we don't like it and we say, no, why are you getting on my nerves? Why won't you leave me alone? Amen. Amen. I don't want to hear that right now. And a hush fell over the room. <laughs> it is the challenge of the reality of friction. But iron has to come against iron in order for there to be a sharpening. There has to be something that rubs against us, that builds us, that strengthens us. We have to put ourselves under subjection to friction. Because it is in friction that you find your new levels. Amen. Most inventions are created from necessity. And necessity is usually caused by friction or a problem or an issue or something that is rubbing us that causes a creativity to be released that is not released when you're comfortable. Amen. When you're comfortable, you get great ideas. But you don't get practical ideas. Amen. When I'm just laying on, if I'm laying on, I might get a dream, have a dream, think about something. Oh, wow. It would be great if there was something that did this. But then when it's time to go do that, I don't want to do that because it's not causing me any pressure or pain. So I don't have a need to do that. Because when I get home, all the things that cause me pressure or pain are going to get my attention. And my vivid dream is just going to sit out there. Amen. So it is not until you get under pressure that your creativity to actually produce is actually released. Amen. All right. We had a couple of key points I'm going to hit, and then I'm going to dig into this a little bit deeper. Key point number one was God created and designed man for fellowship with him and with others. So we know that we're designed for fellowship. So tell your neighbors, I'm designed to be your partner. Amen. Because remember, fellowship is partnership. Amen. Breaking bread is what we consider usually fellowship. In other words, we had a great time spending time together. That's breaking of bread. But fellowship is actually partnership that leads to service. Amen. Number two, you are the divine connection to the people in your oikos. In other words, the people who are in your direct proximity, the people who God has placed you in, to do life around, those individuals are the people that you are designed to be a blessing to. Amen? <laughs> Key point number three. Our divine connections call us to spiritual maturity. In other words, God brings people into your life who will make you mature. One of my old mentors, he said this. He said, it's nothing like kids in your life to make you grow up. You can be a child all you want, but when you have kids in your house, you are going to grow up. Amen? (laughs) Amen. Key point number four, and this is what we touched on last week. God's agape love in us gives access to God's inheritance in all people. I'm going to read that one one more time god's agape love love in us gives us access to god's inheritance in all people in the book of ephesians chapter one it tells us that that god has put his inheritance in the saints in other words what did god do god said you know what i want to bless people but i want the principle of Babel to be remembered in other words i want people to understand i need you to gather together and go not gather together and stay so what does that mean so i'm gonna put the blessing inside of your neighbor and another blessing inside your other neighbor so that you need to correspond with both them and them amen so we have to we have to be connected to each other and bless one another in order for the blessings of god to be released into other people's lives which means the person next to you has a blessing that you need. In other words, when you're feeling bad, you can encourage yourself, but it's better when the person next to you says, God's hand is on you. Man, I was reading the word of God, and I saw something that described you. (laughs) And I speak it to you. And then what does that do? It doesn't just make me fight, it makes me encouraged. Amen. Come on, encourage your neighbor for just a moment. Um, come on. <laughs> encourage each other. Come on, encourage each other. Come on. Make somebody feel good this morning. Amen. Come on. We're not going anywhere. We'll be here. I told y'all this is a short message, so uh, come on. Get with it. Amen. Amen. All right, once you've encouraged somebody, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 and 11 says this, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, trickery of who? The devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against his wiles. The devil has wiles, tricks, and schemes, and it is the wrestling of those schemes that you're supposed to stand against. So when we read the rest of this, in which we read in, in Um, uh, verse 12 says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand and in the in the evil day and having done all to stand so the principle of spiritual warfare is not about fighting the devil. The principle of the warfare is to make sure you stand. Amen. Don't waste your time fighting devils on the street. Just stand. Use your power to stand. Pray so that you can stand in the evil day and no matter what goes on around you, stand. Amen. Amen. Listen, when I'm in my house and a fly gets in the house, it agitates me, irritates me. I can't stand a fly. And I used to get all upset and all anxious about a fly in the house. I can't stand to hear him buzzing around. And I get a fly swatter or a piece of paper or a shoe, and I'm <laughs> flying around trying to get him. And I'm, I will end up messing something up in the house trying to rid my house of an insignificant fly. My seven-pound chihuahua can take out a fly. So why is a 260-pound man running around trying to kill a fly when a seven-pound dog can take out a fly? Amen. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Why is an anointed, powerful child of God trying to fight a devil who's already been subdued and placed under your feet? Amen. 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 Your job is to stand and having done everything, stand. It doesn't say one time in this whole sequence. That you supposed to get all caught up. It said, "Don't get tricked." <laughs> Amen. Tell your neighbor, "Say I won't be tricked." Won't be tricked. Amen. Come on. And, and by the way, I used to weigh two sixty. I'm I'm lower than that now. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I didn't say how much less, but (laughs) less than that right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now, why is that important? Because he clearly says in here, don't wrestle with flesh and blood. You can't, you will be cheated out of your covenant relationships if you don't recognize that your job is to stand. See, sometimes we get, we get caught on the devil and we're wrestling the devil. We start fighting the devil. So then pretty soon I start seeing the devil floating behind you. Amen. And I need to bow you over to get to the devil. And if I got to the devil, then it's okay for me to have run you over because I was really after the devil. I wasn't wrestling with you. I may have slain you, but I was after the devil. <laughs> and that's what the enemy tricks us with. He gets us to war against one another so that we are not unified in our language and speech. And we rob each other of the richness of the blessing that's sitting next to you. Amen. Amen. And remember we talked about last week, there's two kinds of enemies. There's people who make themselves your enemies and there's people who God hardens the hearts against. Amen. Sometimes God hardens hearts to get people to do what he did in Genesis 11. He got changed their language so they couldn't communicate and makes you go left or go right. But he doesn't make anybody go left alone or right alone because he gave language to multiple people so that people went and they weren't by themselves. They were still in partnership because those that could speak, allez-vous? Comment allez Bonjour. Let's go over here. Buenos dias. I see, I see. Whatever language you spoke, you found those that could speak it. And you stayed in partnership and continued to move forward. Amen. Amen. That's what this is about. It's about learning to be partners how God knits you together, amen, amen. I want you to understand that we are not going to waste a lot of time during a fast fighting the devil. You fight the devil by taking authority, amen. You fight the devil by standing when he wants you to fall, amen, you fight the devil by standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody the enemy wants to make your enemy and you say, we refuse to be enemies because we've knit together. Amen. 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 Tammy, come here a moment, please. Take my arm, please. Amen. There's that holy cloth trying to take you down. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but I'm good. But she's good. You know, she didn't stumble. She stood. Amen, right? Okay, so me and her been Mary for 31 and two-thirds of a year. Amen. Coming up on 32. Mm -hmm. Now, in that 32 years, I'm going to ask, I'm going to interview her. You guys ready? In these 32 years, have I been everything that you would have dreamed of in a husband? Yes. Thank you. That's sweet. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Now, Since I've been everything you could have asked in a husband, in those 32 years, being everything you could have asked, have I ever possibly let you down? Yes.
1: (laughs) That was too fast.
0: That was too fast. Too fast a response. I know you got good reflexes, but that was... Yes. Thank you. That was, yes, that's good. In our 32 years together... Have you ever felt like I wasn't speaking your language? Yes. In those 32 years, have you ever felt like you wish I would catch a bus going in another direction? (laughs) Yes. See? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Amen. (laughs) In those 32 years, have you seen that we speak the same language sometimes? Yes. More times than less times. More. Amen. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right. What do I mean by that? All those quick responses uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, quote, negative direction are all opportunities For division, any opportunity where there's anywhere there's friction, there's an opportunity for division. However, when you uh, your opportunity for division comes, you have to what stand, stand against the wiles of the devil, stand against the tricks or the schemes. Of the devil, because when you stand, you will find your victory. Amen. Your victory is is continuing to stand because there is no way that if in, in year five or year 10 or 15 that I had made a bad decision and said, ah, I'm catching the bus, I'm going another direction, what would have happened is. We would have been cheated out of the blessings that came in year 20 and 25 and 30. Amen. Amen. We would have got cheated out of those. There we go. 40 and 50. Keep on counting. Yes. We would have got cheated out of those any point along that road. So what we have to understand is what is the enemy's job? The enemy's job is to first separate you and God and second separate you and your partner. Amen. Amen. And by partner, I'm not just talking about your spouse, I'm talking about whoever God has partnered you with in life. Amen. Amen. God wants to bring partners apart, break partners apart. Not God, the devil does. Amen. All right, principle number five. No, no, let's, get, let's hit this real quick. I'm going to just bring it to your memory. Luke 6 and 27, it said, love your enemy." And then he gave the contrast. He said, if you love those that, who do, do good to you, even a sinner does that. <laughs> if you lend to those who you know you're going to get it back from, any sinner would do that. Planning to get something in return. If you do things with the only expectation of getting things back or reciprocation, then what good is that? Love has to have agape level power in it in order for you to walk in the love that god has amen in other words like i said of all the things humanity can do you can't give anything to god that he didn't give you first except what worship worship that's the only thing you can give god that god didn't give you so if you understand that principle that means god gives without an expectation of return But you have now become God's hands and feet in the earth. And so what does that mean? That means you need to learn how to become a giver without an expectation of getting it back. Amen. Amen. That's why you have to know who you are and know that God has wired you and made you complete in Christ and that your redemption, the first blessing in your journey, your redemption made you so complete that if nobody ever gives you anything, praise the Lord. Because I'm complete in Christ. Amen. Amen. So you don't have to only be friends with those who you know will give back to you. Amen. Amen. That means you can be friends with the humble. You can be friends with the people who don't have anything to offer, who don't have nothing, and you can love on them like you love your own family. Amen. Amen. Come on. This is this is this is the power of Christianity. The power of Christianity is I don't need you to love me back. (laughs) Amen. If you love me back, praise the Lord. But I don't need you to love me back. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Come on, y'all. I need you you to grasp it because you're going to have to be able to get it in order to get the next thing. Amen. Key point number five. Key point number five is that we are all responsible for kingdom relationships. (laughs) We are all responsible for kingdom relationships. This is guiding principle 10 of Abundant Life's 10 guiding principles. We are all responsible for kingdom relationships. See, we have been made into the image and likeness of Christ. We see as we are growing up in him that we are being shaped into his image. And if you notice something about Jesus, Jesus wasn't worried about whether he had friends or not. Amen. And because Jesus was not worried about whether he had friends or not, Jesus was free to love on anybody. Amen. The woman at the well is not even Jewish. She's sitting at the well and Jesus starts talking to her and her surprise immediately is, how are you a Jew going to talk to me, a Samaritan? How are you even talking to me right now? In other words, there is a racial issue between you and I. And how are you going to talk to me when our races don't talk? (laughs) That's why it's foolishness when Christians are racists it means we're leaving out a big part of christianity it's called christ (laughs) amen (laughs) don't leave jesus out of your christianity because you will be sadly uh sadly mistaken in the long term amen because love doesn't require reciprocation not the god kind of love human love does And we know, we understand our feelings. We want to love one another. As we're told, we're supposed to have love one for another. But it never says, wait around and get some love. The measure of love is not how much you get, it's how much you give. Amen. The principle of connection is the principle that you connect by giving. And God ensures that you receive. If you give, it'll be given back to you but not necessarily where you gave it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, listen. We are all responsible. Go to John chapter 15. I want to show you Jesus' method of love. John chapter 15. How many of y'all want to be like Jesus? Remember we read in Ephesians that we need the body of Christ until we come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ? Amen. Until we look like Jesus, we need more of a body of Christ. We need more church until we look like Jesus. Amen. And the Jesus you need to look like is not the Jesus that you saw in a picture on the wall, but the Jesus that you read in the Bible. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. First key to this principle, you're responsible for kingdom relationships. Don't wait for other people to choose you. You choose. (laughs) Amen. You choose. If you wait for them to choose you, then you'll keep on waiting. But if you just walk around saying, you know what, I choose that one right there. I'm going to love on this one. I'm going to deliberately be kind to them. I'm going to deliberately pray for them. I'm going to deliberately be over them. I'm going to deliberately find them when they don't want to be found. I'm going to deliberately talk to them. I'm going to deliberately smile at them. I'm going to deliberately love on them. Guess what? That's how Jesus did. The man who asked to come with Jesus, Jesus said, no, you go home to your family. (laughs) I didn't choose you. I healed you, but I didn't choose you. Peter is minding his own business. He gets chose. James and John are minding their own business. They got chose. Andrew's minding his own business. He sees Jesus, and Jesus in conversation says, I choose you. One of them comes to Jesus. He said, look, I already saw you. I saw you where you're sitting under the tree. What? Because you've been chose. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Come on. I want you to understand the principle here. You didn't choose me. I chose you. The disciple doesn't get to choose the master. The master chooses the disciple. (laughs) Amen. Come on. And guess what? When I chose you, I had something in mind for you. I have appointed for you to bear much fruit. In other words, when you choose, you don't choose them to be your follower. (laughs) Because some people want to choose people to be their followers. I don't want no followers. I want fruitful people. So what do you do, you call people and you choose people because you know you have something to help them become more fruitful. I choose you to become more fruitful. I want to give you something that's going to make you more fruitful. I want to hand you something that's going to let you discover who you are. I want to put things in your hands that you say, wow, I didn't know that about myself. Yeah, come on. Come on, rise. Come on, rise with me because remember when we read Ephesians, None of us can really get to where we're supposed to go unless we take our body with us. Amen. Come on, if I make plans that I'm going to go to Nairobi, I'm going to Nairobi, I've been wanting to go to Africa, I found out Nairobi is the place I want to go, I'm going to Nairobi, but I'm leaving my body home. You're going nowhere without your body. And we've been made a body of Christ. And so the church has to begin thinking like a body that you can't isolate yourself. You have to be connected. You have to be connected to the rest of the body in order to get wherever God has called you to go. That's why it's so important to understand your connections because your connections help you go where you have to go. Because my head is never getting to Nairobi until my feet walk onto the plane. Amen. Listen, look at the rest of this. John 15, 16. I appointed you that you should go bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. In other words, I don't want you to have temporary fruit. I'm looking for long-term fruit from you. Amen. Amen. Guess what? I know how to, I know how to do this. I know how to get everybody in this room so excited that we have a, a, we'd have no room next week. I have, a, I have a tactic I know I can use to do that. Right? I can do that. Next week, room can be full. But I don't want short fruit. <laughs> we want lasting fruit. So we want to keep cultivating everybody to grow in the things of God so that you actually do what God's called you to do so that when we bear fruit, we bear fruit that remains. I know a guy who's a pastor and he told me, he said, man, I'm worried about this. He said, because we grew, we grew super fast. He said, but when I looked around, nobody got saved. We grew from people coming from this church or that church. They got excited about what we did. So we went, so now he's nervous because he knows something's going to come alongside and they're going to get excited and go see that. (laughs) So you can grow by collection. Or you can grow by fulfilling God's will. Amen. What is God's will? That we all become fishers of men. We follow Jesus until we become fishers of men. And when we become fishers of men, praise the Lord, we ain't going to have no problems. Amen. Come on. (laughs) All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hmm. Read the rest of this that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. he give you whatever you ask. And then he tells them why. These things I command you, that you love one another. In other words, all you're asking, it needs to be stemmed in love. Because I chose you. Why? So that you can operate the love walk. You can do what God's called you to do. Amen? All right. Three kinds, of bar, three kinds of kingdom relationships. Number one is the relationship that Paul displays. That Paul displays. The relationship that Paul displays is the relationship of one that teaches others. Again, you guys have heard this before, but I want you to connect this with, with what we're talking about today. It's the relationship of Paul to others. What did Paul do? Paul taught. Paul gave what he had. Paul said, these things that I've learned. I've learned from Christ. I got them from him and I'm giving them to you. Freely I've received, freely I give. Amen. So Paul was saying, I don't need anything back from you. I'm giving you because God gave to me. Amen. <laughs> so the first one is Paul, his relationship that he gives to others. The second is the partnership relationship, which is Paul and Barnabas together. Paul and Barnabas together became fellow workers. They became shoulder-to-shoulder people who were then, and they were in prison together. They walked the countryside together. They went from city to city together. They were together, and they continued to work. I love it. Uh, there's two brothers that I know here in town that they are, they are linked shoulder-to-shoulder. And if you see one, it ain't gonna be a few minutes before you see the other one. Amen. They walk together, they do stuff together, they go to conferences together, they travel together, they go, they went to this place and that place together, and they minister together, and those two are locked together, shoulder to shoulder, and no matter what you say, no matter what you do, they will be together. They don't even go to the same church. (laughs) They go to two different churches, but you know what? When it comes to ministering outside the walls, they are linked up and they work by a principle that they read in the book of Luke chapter 10, where Jesus sent them out, one, one, two together, go. (laughs) Amen. So my question is, do you have a Barnabas in your life? Amen. If you lead a life group, get a Barnabas. Amen. Get a Barnabas. You need a Barnabas with you. Why? Because when you get tired, your Barnabas will be there to help you. Amen. When you want to quit, your Barnabas will say, wait a minute, I'm not ready. <laughs> you need a Barnabas in your life. Amen. You need a Barnabas for everything you're doing in your life. You look through your list of things you're doing in life and do you have a Barnabas for what you're trying to do? Amen. Because I'll tell you what, if you're not, you don't have a Barnabas, you're going to get tired. Amen. Third is Timothy. Timothy Timothy is the learner. He's the one you're pouring into. And once you get one Timothy, you're going to find out how easy it is to get three. (laughs) Amen. And when you get three, you're going to find out how easy it is to get seven. And when you get seven, you're going to find out how easy it is to get 12. And when you get 12, you're going to realize you're starting to look more like Jesus. (laughs) Amen. You're going to realize, man, oh man, I am starting to look like Jesus. Not by your works. Well, not by your achievements, but by the work that you're doing because you're committed to his work. Amen. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 is the illustration of what I'm sharing with you here. Actually, um, I'm I'm going to close in a few minutes, so I want you to look up at the screen here. It says, these things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Look at what he says. These things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. In other words, Timothy, I was talking to you and I was talking to other people too. I wasn't just sowing into you. I was sowing into other people. These things you heard from me among many witnesses. In other words, all these individuals heard the same thing. He said, I want you to take those things and I want you to commit those things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. <laughs> these things that you heard from me, take these things commit them. Notice it doesn't say teach them. It said commit them. Give it to them with a sense of responsibility. Amen. In other words, when I'm standing here, I may be teaching things. But I told you guys before, once you feel like you've heard what I said before, it's time for you to be teaching it. (laughs) amen i heard that before good it means you need to teach somebody i'm glad you heard it enough that you recognize that you heard it before now you need to find somebody to teach it to amen and you don't have to tell them that you heard it from me hopefully you heard it from the bible (laughs) amen who will be able to teach others also In other words, it is never God's will for you to absorb spiritual knowledge and understanding unless you plan to impart it into the life of someone else. That's why in the cycle of spiritual maturity, the final step of spiritual maturity is your impartation. It is not that you just know something, not that you become a giant spiritually, it's that you grow and you take other people with you in your growth because we are a body of Christ, not just in our tasks that we do, but in our life and how we live this gospel how we relate to god is as a body of christ amen tell your neighbor say i'm part of your body don't leave me behind (laughs) even your behind needs to come with you (laughs) amen (laughs) all right i gotta um, hit last thing now in our fast here's the things you need to do three things take a look at your sheet there's three things you need to do during our fast Now, we know that during our fasting window of time that we got to focus on some things. And you can pull out that strategy sheet, and I'm going to go over this really quickly. I'm going to go so quickly, you're going to say, is that it? I'm going to say, that's it. Amen. Number one, you got our vision here. Through the transforming gospel of Jesus Christ, we will positively and eternally impact our homes, church, community, marketplace, and the lives of thousands of people people we will do this by the motivation of love by the guidance of the word of god and by the power of the holy ghost amen that's how we do things amen motivated by love all the time always guided by what the word says and always understand that it's not your strength but it's the power of the spirit that works amen how are we going to do it? We're going to mission is to walk in love, make disciples, and manifest abundant life. In other words, your discipleship is how you pour into other people and your manifestation of abundant life is how you walk in the things of God and be an image for them to see and follow. Amen. Amen. Very simple strategy. Number one, pray. During our 40 days, I want you to pray for people in your life. Who are those people? Those are people around you. The people who you work with, people who you live with, people who are your neighbors, people who are your relatives, even Uncle Jimmy. People you go to school with, people that you know. Pray for them. Make a list. Don't make the list until your arm goes cramps. Make a list, a short list. Five people to 16 people that you're going to make a list of, the people who are fit in those categories and you're going to commit to praying for them for 40 days. Amen? When you pray for them, and they start to come up in your spirit, because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. When you start praying for them every day, what's going to happen, they're going to pop up in your spirit more often. Amen? And when they do, I want you to then engage them. Now, when you engage people, here's what I want you to keep in mind. If you flip on the backside of this sheet, I want you to look at what engage with kingdom conversations says the key to engage people in conversations about the kingdom of god is their spiritual lives their needs and how god has worked in your life but remember no meaningful conversation can happen without the permission of both parties in other words if somebody don't want to talk about things of god don't try to make them that means the fruit is not ripe don't pick fruit until it's ripe amen it's not right. Go back and pray some more. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm giving y'all practical help on how to help people come to God. Because sometimes we have made up their mind that they need Jesus and we're going to pick them today. Because when I got saved, that's what I did. I got, I'm the one who heard a voice from God. I'm the one who, who all had this spiritual experience. But I went home the next night. And I gathered all my friends together and I told everybody, I said, we're all getting saved because we're all going to hell. We're getting saved tonight and we're going to get in a circle right here. I'm going to pray the prayer they told me last night. we all going to get saved right now. Amen. And then we all got on our knees. And I know they was all like looking around in a circle, but I've got my eyes closed. I'm praying, oh, Lord, save us all, oh, Jesus, I'm, because I've been delivered from hellfire that I didn't even believe existed. So I was zealous. But that tree hadn't been planted yet. I'm trying to get fruit from a tree I ain't even planted yet. Amen? So they all complied with me because we're friends. But they all got up and said, he went crazy. And they went right back to doing what they were doing before. Because although I forced them to say yes to God They said it with their mouth, not with their hearts. So you can't pick fruit until it's ripe. So the very first thing you got to remember is, as you're praying and you begin engaging people, is don't engage them if they're not ready to be engaged. Engage them when they're ready, because when they're ready, they will receive. Amen. Hungry fish don't take your bait. Excuse me. Hungry fish take your bait. Fish that aren't hungry won't bite, amen, no matter how good the bait is, amen. So honor the individual, talk with them, not at them. Third thing is connection. Connecting through the model church. Acts 2.42 tells us something very simple. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Doctrine is the study of the word. Breaking of bread is being comfortable with people. Take them out to lunch, have some coffee with them, talk about friendly stuff, praying for them, you know what? That's what we're already doing. Fellowship is inviting them to serve with you. You may have people who hate church, but they would love to do a homeless outreach. Amen. Hey man, we go out and feed the homeless every, every uh, first Saturday. you want to come? Yeah, that'd be cool, man. Come on out. They'll come on out. They'll get a chance to serve, fellowship with some other people. They'll serve. And you might decide, hey, man, a couple of us going to go over to the Black Bear after this. Then you break a little bread with them, amen? <laughs> Somebody's seen this modeled already. Amen. <laughs> amen. I ain't going to preach it until I did it. Amen. Then... Now you're open for God dialogue and conversations. Amen. And as you're praying for self, the Holy Spirit will start giving you wisdom. Now, guess what? That's the end of the message. <laughs> that's the end of the message. Just stop. Oop, that's it. <laughs> Tires, screech. Here it is. That's the end, right there. <laughs> Amen. Listen, we're going into this, we're going into this fast, focused. And while we're focused on, is we're focused on breaking the chains. I want you to understand this. Everybody in the world knows the world needs to change. No matter who you talk to. The Democrats want the world to change. The Republicans want the world to change. The socialists want the world to change. The high level capitalists, they want the world to change. Everybody wants the world to change. Asian people want the world to change. African people want the world to change. Europe people want the world to change. Middle Eastern people want the world to change. Latin people want the world to change. Everybody wants the world to change. But the world will only change. When something strong enough pulls it in the right direction. And our God is mighty and victorious, all-powerful and glorious. Amen. He's got the power to change, but he needs us to be aligned with his power. Amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, I gave you a number to memorize. How many of y'all memorized the number? 10,080. 10080. Amen? All right, come on. 10080. That number equals 860 times 12. 840. All right. 840. See, my mathematicians correcting me already. They're on the case. all right, Eight hundred and forty times twelve. Equals one zero zero eight zero. Confirmed by my mathematicians, correct? Eight hundred and forty equals seventy times twelve. Right? Seventy times twelve equals eight forty. Eight forty times twelve equals one zero zero eight zero. Ten thousand. 80. At our anniversary, Dr. Ron Cooley said, he said, I believe God is going to have 10,000 people here. You say 10,000 people, that's impossible. 70 is the number of active members we have in this church right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody ain't here all the time every week, but when everybody's here, it's... Amen. Now, what does that mean? That means that if we can pray and commit ourselves to doing the simple Jesus model of everybody making a dedication, you know what, I'm going to minister to 12 people. I'm going to choose them. I'm going to minister to them. I'm going to be a blessing to them. It would take two generations of us doing that. It would take us fulfilling 2 Timothy 2 and 2. These things you've seen and heard of me, commit them to faithful men who will teach others also. If we live out that one verse, 10,000 people, and I don't care about 10,000 people in this church, 10,000 people will be brought to the kingdom and be activated as kingdom soldiers. And if we think like that, do do we really believe that God's desire is that the world might be saved? And do we believe that we really believe that we are actually the instruments who God has selected in order to bring that to pass? And if we believe that about ourselves and we say, God, you know what? All I need to do is I need to talk to 12 people. I need to minister to 12 people. I need to be a blessing to 12 people till they say yes to Jesus. And if I've done that and my brother next to me or my sister next to me has done that, then what will happen is God will begin doing the same thing across our nation and we will be revived into the condition which god has called us to be <laughs> and if that doesn't excite you i'll keep looking for 12 amen amen if it don't excite you that's okay don't worry about it if you're excited by them, then praise the lord if you're not i love you i'm gonna find 12 people who believe that and if we can do that then what will happen is we will see people getting saved and every church in this city will get filled Not us. Forget us. We're just part of a body. (laughs) We're only part of a body of Christ. But man, God's kingdom needs to be seen in this world. God's kingdom needs to be seen. Amen. I just spent a room. I spent time in a room with a bunch of people. Some knew God and some didn't know God. And I'm listening to different things and I'm thinking, man, 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 man. And in that room, we're learning something and everybody's coming into alignment and everybody's making commitments in the room of how they're going to go back to their place and how they're going to do what we learned in the room. And I said, wow, wow, they're committing to teaching leadership. Can we commit to teaching the good news of Jesus Christ? Can we commit to, to say, you know what? I want people to know him. I want people to know him. And guess what? I'm willing to be ridiculed a little bit. I'm willing to take a few little jabs for it. I'm willing to be embarrassed. I'm willing to bring people in the circle too early. (laughs) Amen. But I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to just say, God, show me 12. You show me 12 and I'll go, I'll tap them on the shoulder. And I will take responsibility for ministering to them and ensuring that they know everything that I know about the gospel. Amen. You don't have to teach them everything I know. Teach them what you know. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I heard one man said, this is what he said. He said, I taught my people to stay one chapter ahead of the people in the Bible. You studying the Bible and you teaching somebody else, you need to just stay a chapter ahead of them. And you'll be alright. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Can you stay a chapter ahead of 12 people? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> alright. Praise the Lord. It's, that's it. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You give you glory and honor and praise. I thank you, Lord, that that number is not a chance or an accident. I thank you, Lord, that you revealed that number by a process of showing us that we can be effective. Lord, that in two generations of ministry, we can minister to reach 10,000 people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for those who hear hear my voice and hear the word of God speaking, Lord, that we are, know we've been sent into the world to be divine connections. We're responsible for relationships. And so we thank you, Lord, that the Timothys that you placed in our lives, Lord, we make a commitment to love on them. Lord, I take everything that you've shown me and I commit it to the people in the room. Lord, that they may teach others also right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that together we're going to fulfill your great commission. We're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that we will be pillars of what you accomplish in this city, Lord, because of our, not because of our gifts or our talents, but because of our commitment to you. So we thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we begin today, Lord, as we start our fast. We dedicate ourselves, Lord, to seek your face for these next 40 days as we seek your face lord we thank you that as we do lord you're going to show us great and mighty things which we didn't know before we thank you for the revelation knowledge that is going to pour through each of us lord and how you're going to begin to anoint us and move us into new ways and new levels in the mighty name of jesus we give you glory and praise amen Thank you for listening to today's message titled Divine Connections Part 3 from our series titled The Journey. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, we want you to feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. And on the site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. And once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com AbundantLifeWorship.net. And we pray that God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Until then, we want you to remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.